you'll never believe this, but there was a police officer that drove up here to the to the job site I'm at right now, and uh, he was asking about <laughs> if I saw a gentleman run through here with a with a hoodie on. <laughs> Oh shit! They're like, no. Yeah, I was, so I, I had was to on a dumb game podcast. Yeah, I was like, I'm in the <laughs> middle of a meeting. Can you wait a second? I'm ser- I'm seriously, I'm seriously sitting in the driver's seat, wagging my finger at him one minute, one minute, while you guys are wrapping up the cast. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's too well, good. Oh, so good. Welcome, Guardians, to the Factions Lorecast. I am a non-pig. With us this week, we finally have, for the first time in, what has it been, a month now, both of our fantastic hosts, Purple Chimera and Mythos Mike. How are you guys? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, Mike. Doing very well, thank you. (laughs) This week, we are also joined by a very special guest, Rhino. Can I call you Rip? Heidi ho (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Rip works. I've been called worse. <laughs> I just figured that's that's what your name uh, is, right? Rip you a new one. You got it. Most I people did. are like Ratchet and Clank fan. I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, oh no, it's not. No, oh. no, it, it it. You know, the Ratchet and Clank r- rip you a new one is just kind of a coincidental. Well, I'm embarrassed. I did my research. <laughs> Is that, in my defense, that's like your sign, your signed piece at the end of your article. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. No, it works. It works. Yeah. I just stole it. I'm, well, a, I'm are, a thief. How are you this week? Good. Since, Good. Since you de- since you decided to embarrass me in the first minute of this recording, how are you this week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. How about you? Um, I was better. Well, <laughs> you were better until you made a fool of yourself. Yeah. Why, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about where they can find you and uh, what they will find when they do find you, like the lie about what your name is. Yeah, sure. So you can find me fibbing all over Twitter at <laughs> Rhino666. Um, <clears throat> I'm also a writer on MuleHornGaming.com. They have a weekly podcast as well. And... Uh, a few little art projects here and there go out on Instagram as well as my own site where I'm trying to catalog a lot of the items from the armory and within destiny of I'm about 90% of the way through it. But uh, one day maybe it'll go live and everybody will be able to, to investigate those items. Awesome. awesome. Now uh, I just want to make a small correction. It is actually uh, Rhino underscore six 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 on Twitter, so people can find you. Yes, and they should yeah, find you for making a fool of me. You got me back. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and they should find you because you do post uh, you do post your uh, weapon lore pieces, which are very interesting. Thanks. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, it's kind of an obsession. It's a curse, if you will. <laughs> Alright, then uh, let's... uh, This week we'll be talking all about the lesser two factions, the faction wars, and the consensus that was created from that. But first off, let's move on to the weekly highlight. Weekly highlights will vary with each episode. They can include community stories, fan fiction, gear, weapon text, grimoire, general hype, etc. This week's weekly highlight is going to be something that our guest has written. Rhino, would you please read us your post? You got it. Okay, <clears throat> so this is an article that I wrote at MuleHornGaming.com, and it was just kind of a uh, so one of those aha moments when I was investigating a low card. So let me go into it. Destiny's Faction Lore and the Russian Civil War. So I started down a road when researching for one of my lore cards. I've been working on these for quite some time and have about 90% of the armory in Destiny defined. I spend countless hours researching each item and finding their relevance within the world of Destiny. That being said, I will preface this. It is not confirmed that Bungie has used the narrative outlined for their in-game story, nor am I saying any of this is fact to the in-game storyline. This is purely theorycrafting, or so-called spinfoil. 
So here's my current findings. As many already know, it appears that Bungie may have been telling a story about a certain mysterious faction since Vanilla. Let me explain. We recently found an item in the tower from Lysander himself. It's a sparrow. We received from a gift hidden near the shipwright between FWC above and dead orbit below. Ironically, this parallels with the lore. New Monarchy is on the opposite side of the tower, and is and it's fitting since they are responsible for the exile of Concordat, a little-known faction which Lysander re- represents. And then I just you know put in a little attachment of the Lysander's cry, cry uh, mm-hmm. sparrow. Lysander has been trying to dismantle the theologies of the consensus as well as create a war against the vanguard. His faction even tried to out Osiris as a mistake and that an inept ghost accidentally made him human. I was researching the ship Vintage Russian Soul for a new lore card when I stumbled upon many intersections within the history of the Russian Civil War in real life and the faction wars within Destiny. Simply defined, the Russian Civil War was fought mainly by four groups with separate ideologies, the Red Guard, the White Guard, the Black Army, and the Green Army. The two largest combatants were the Red Army, fighting for mainstream socialism, and the White Army, fighting for an alternative form of socialism. In addition, a rival militant non-ideological group emerged, the Green Army. The Green Army fought against both the Reds and the Whites, wanting to overthrow the modern idealistic changing political landscape. The Green and Black Army both had similar anarchist beliefs, even though the Black Army wanted a stateless government and to abandon the old Russian way of rule. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I put some Russian propaganda pictures up. Uh, these are kind of interesting because they, they kind of follow a lot of the images we see in Destiny that are printed all over Russia. Hmm. So it does so, have parallels in game. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of the art that came from Russia that has a lot of the same symbolism that Destiny has used as well. So it's just really kind of, yeah, it kind of parallels. So to go on, if you want to know more, I encourage you to look up the Russian Civil War. It's very interesting to see how the once superpower came to be so many years ago. Now back to Destiny. As you may see, the colors became significant to me. I had that aha moment when researching each faction's ideology and comparing it to the ideologies of each Russian guard. New Monarchy equals the Red Army. Concordat equals the Green Army. Dead Orbit equals the Black Army. Bannerfall is the origin of a legendary battle in which New Monarchy drives Concordat out, unraveling Lysander's war efforts. But as I stated, in Ghost Fragment the City Age, Lysander will not back down. He'll continue his crusade from whatever, whenever, sorry, we stuff him. The consensus appointed a new replacement faction, the Future War Cult. They are there because the Vanguard wants to focus on aggressively regaining territories on behalf of the Speaker, and FWC is a very good asset in completing this goal. Within the Russian Civil War, a similar event happened. Following many battles and a new power emerged, the new power absorbed the whole of the factions. All guards were forced to work in concert with one another and rebuild the old Soviet land. The Red Army eventually became the dominant force and thus created a new Russia. During the event leading up to World War I, many treaties and negotiations had been tried, but Russia ultimately withdrew. This was named the policy of no war, no peace. The real Rasputin even had a hand in causing strife for, for Russian Empire, as well as creating discord within a key historical event. But that's another story. The White Army could be a lost story yet to have been told inside of Destiny's lore. If we see the lore of the faction wars better fleshed out in the future, this may be a great way to explore and explain those battles that brought forward these factions that are currently in the Tower. We know many battles happen, and ultimately the Battle of Twilight 
gap is the most famous. And then it just goes on to ask, you know, what do you think? Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where that was at. And I wanted to keep it a little bit short. Uh, I didn't want to dive too far into the whole Russian civil war. Cause obviously there are a lot of different opinions and ideas as to, mm-hmm. you know, how we think about that. But in essence, when you're trying to capture the, the, uh, the Russian soul as it, it as it is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you just separate yourself from all the ideas that we have here in the Americas about, uh, about Russia and our, our, uh, disassociated views and, and they are the evil empire and our, our tainted past history. If you just separate that and kind of go, with their underlying philosophy, you'll see there's really a beautiful culture that emerged out of the the oppression, and they call it the wisdom of the oh what is it here? They call it the the wisdom of the. <laughs> I want to get it correct. Yeah, of course. So it's the wisdom of the peasant, kind of this idea that the peasant is the guardian saver for the land of Russia. And you can see that parallels a lot within destiny as well. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's my article. I really, I really like, I really like that article. And, uh, one of the reasons I do really like it, uh, last week we talked about the new monarchy and how they really strive to succeed in doing what the conquered at failed in doing. And something that happened in the Russian Civil War was the Red Army, the equivalent new monarchy, actually ended up becoming so powerful that they did take over. So I, I just I really like uh, that parallel with it because maybe it is a little bit um, foreshadowing the future of Destiny. Maybe an event will happen and we will actually see this speaker removed from power and new monarchy rise. I hope Absolutely. Not. I hope not too, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it would make a great game though. Yeah, and that would that could be the faction war expansion. New monarchy succeeds, and we have to rip them out. We have to put the speaker back in place. That would not be a horrible idea, huh? Yeah. Wow, that sounds fun. Hmm. <laughs> now, uh, Mike, I I accidentally deleted uh, your comment. Do you remember your comment? Yeah. On that, awesome. Yeah. Rhino, I really, really like your theory. Uh, I had never thought of the faction wars and the way that you put it together um, as you did, so I, I give you applause for that. I really gave a new perspective on this. Um, the only the only thing that I have is I looked into both the Black Guard and the White Guard a little bit more. Uh, this is one of the things I was supposed to study in high school but never actually got around to. So uh, learning it now, so I appreciate that, helping continue my education. <laughs> um <laughs> So the White Guard um, was one of the more mainstream of the factions. It was supported by the Western world, especially uh, the UK and the United States, because they were a little less, little less communist and more uh, European socialist, and uh, that was supported by NATO during the time, and that's why they wanted – well, not NATO, but uh, the Western world, the Western allies at this time, what would become NATO about 30 years later um, – supported the ideals of the western or the uh, the white army um i i found a little bit more to attribute the white army to dead orbit myself instead of attributing the black army to dead orbit because when i looked into the black army um they were a very small group that didn't really achieve a lot of their goals in russia um they tried to gain a foothold in the capital of moscow but they really never got any public support and they were eventually um they eventually basically were kicked out of the country um which is very similar to what happened to lysander and his followers um in the concordat and what i found even more interesting is that they were eventually um eventually basically absolved into the riau which is the revolutionary insurrectionary army of ukraine um, so the RIA, RIAU basically um, left Russia and then continued their, continued their own goals in a different name uh, outside of Russia, which if you look in the current information that we have about Lysander, uh, apparently the hidden thinks that he's somewhere outside the city preparing for his next move against the city. So I, I, found, that a little, I found that a little bit interesting to see that the Black Guard was... Um, the, 
was basically uh, kicked out of the country and then um, became their own sort of entity outside of Moscow's politics. So I just I, I, I found a little few more links instead of between the Green Guard and uh, the Concordat, but the Black Guard and the Concordat. That was just my only comment. Yeah. I would say. yeah, no, 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 I agree. Um, really kind of the, the timeline that I was trying to encapsulate was the beginning of when the Tsar, the Tsar's, uh, the Tsar's final moments in power and when the, when the factions and the, the guards were first emerging. So yes, and I agree with you, uh, the white army definitely has a lot more mirrors later on in the timeline of the Russian civil war mm-hmm. to, uh, dead orbit and kind of what kind of ca- captured me. And that's kind of why I left it open at the end. And I kind of asked the, the, uh, the viewer, what do you think? Could the white, you know, army be something uh, other than that? It, mm-hmm. I wanted to leave that open because the way I saw it is the white army uh, eventually kind of absorbed a lot of the, a lot of the ideologies of the, the separatist and the, uh, and the anarchists that kind of failed along the line. So they, mm-hmm. they wanted to, you know, in effect, the white army, the white army was positioned, uh, at the very early moments. They, they had one or two things gone better. They would have been the majority, uh, rule. And I would say the red army you know, maybe history would have been completely different. I mean, we would probably have a wholly, a completely different world today. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that they they made uh, when they occupied so many territories at the moment was um, basically uh, they they pretty much just to kind of you know make it small because I don't want to make this whole thing about you know the Russian right. Civil War, but they spread themselves out so wide that they became very thin within the powers and the localized areas that they, they had territorial claim over. So basically what happened is the people didn't have food. They didn't have, you know, the basic necessities of life and they were still subjugated. So what was happening is this, this, this great democratic idealism wasn't working for the people that were, you know, supporting it. So basically, this wonderful idea that they their government had uh, wasn't working, and so a lot of the people were dying, and there were famine, and and you know kids couldn't find food. I mean, there were huge lines, all these horrible events, and and it kind of bore the working class to pick up the mantle and try to uh, you know overthrow that idea. They said, you know, Marxism is a new idea. And it's it's a really great idea. Let's run with it and make it our own. Um, if you don't know about Marxism, it's it's you know basically uh, socialized or socialism in a nutshell. Um, mm-hmm. So later on, obviously Lenin took took that to a much more extreme, and which you know, like you pointed out, could be the foreshadowing of where new monarchy may end up being. Is this? This uh, we took the socialism ball, which originally started off as a great idea, and then <laughs> we really made it a, an aggressive, uh, you know, spear, mm-hmm. if you yeah. will, uh, against the country. Um, but just just real quick to kind of go over uh, what I had mentioned about the czar's uh, final moments. You know, the 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 neat little parallel there is just like in the world of destiny. We had lords uh, running amok, you know, yeah. and we had these I, these these people that were trying to regain the territories and uh, and make and build uh, an area. In fact, the word Ukraine means wall, uh, mm-hmm. which was built to kind of protect a lot of the uh, the original uh, territories that the the what was you know primitive Russia had fought so hard against the steppe people of those lands in order to, uh, uh, you know, build upon. Uh, mm-hmm. So really the idea is, is that they wanted to, they wanted to bring, uh, mother Russia to life way before it was even conceptualized as mother Russia. And, uh, a lot of these, these guards emerged out of, out of this discontent, uh, suffering and, 
And so that's really where the uh, Russian soul lives, is this idea that through so much suffering and so much pain, so much beauty can emerge. Uh, I mean, one of the arts, one of one of the uh, most uh, popularized uh, field of art is ballet, and they kind of rule that, you know, and there's so many, so many cool little things that kind of tie in with that as well. But I digress. So... <laughs> Yeah, I could speak about it for this. hours, and it could probably, you know, yeah, yeah. This this has been a crazy <laughs> opening, um, opening to it. <laughs> just really, really shows why people should look you up. You are you are clearly uh, very well knowledge inside Destiny and outside Destiny. You're you're worth um, you're worth looking into for for uh, more lore articles like this one. But uh, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> let's let's get started into our main topic. Uh, Sorry, I've just been absorbing all this history. Yeah, <laughs> same here. <laughs> Minds are being explo- exploded everywhere. Okay, so we've talked about um, the three fr- primary factions in the city over the last month, um, and uh, the three that are recognized by the tower, but there are some more that are down in the city that we don't really know all that much about. So here is the card, Factions. They've done more good than harm, by most calculations. In the city's earliest days, various factions vied for the hearts and minds of the refugee masses. Power struggles threatened to shatter an already tenuous existence. The following conflicts, known as the Faction Wars, brought the city to its knees. When the chaos grew intolerable, a gathering of guardians fought to end the conflict. The new peace brought a new order. The city consensus and the speaker ruled together, and the surviving great factions worked through civil channels to pursue their agendas. That order still holds, but as the city reaches out into the frontier, the factions see new opportunities everywhere, and a chance to win over guardians to their cause. Awesome. Of these three, one actually replaced another. The future war cult replaced the Concordat by order of the consensus. Ghost Fragment, the City Age. And so it is agreed. The Concordat shall no longer be recognized among the consensus and will be- begin the dismantling right away. But what of those guardians who have pledged to them? We can't afford any more banishments. I'm sure Zavala can see to their realignment. Mike, why don't you take the next one? Sure. So if the Concordat was removed from the tower, uh, who were they? And exactly why were they removed? So this is Bannerfall. Arena designation, Bannerfall. Location, the last city, Earth. Lysander and the Concordat marked the most recent example of a city, of a city political faction, uh, of a city's political factions rising in opposition <clears throat> to the consensus. This site marks a legendary battle where Pneumonica's guardians rose to deliver the final blow to the Concordat, unraveling the war effort Lysander brought, sought to bring against the vanguard. Lord Shax has commandeered the, uh, the, area, the area, excuse me, not only to commemorate this last stand, but, also, but as a reminder of the city's solidarity against those who seek to undermine the extreme efforts and sacrifice we make together to keep our peace. Awesome. Uh, Rhino, why don't, you, why don't you take the next two since they're uh, a little shorter? Yeah, sure. Osiris, you are a mighty warrior. I watched you at six fronts and heeded the call of St. 14 to appoint you Vanguard commander. Even when the Concordat claimed to have records proving you were a golden age experiment misincarnated as a human and inept ghost, St. 14 reassured me we, you were just a man without much patience for obfuscation. Say that word five times fast. <laughs> and the, the next one? A symbol of honor. There was a campaign to call it Lysander's Folly, but I don't want people even remembering his name. Ikora Ray. Now, uh, just to, to stop for a quick second... Uh, in the Osiris card, it's actually something I just realized. Golden Age experiment misincarnated as a human by an inept ghost. So that sort of confirms that Osiris is, is a human. Would uh, everyone agree? Because I've always been like up in the air, like, oh, what is he? Is he awoken? Is he this? Is he that? But, you know. Yep. Yeah, I would certainly say he's human by that line. 
Interesting. Yeah, I always thought the same thing. It makes yeah. you wonder what he was before. <laughs> yeah, he was he was an exo before, but now he's human. <laughs> the, the ghost was really stupid. He he completely messed up his biology. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Imagine just a ghost reconstructing. Oh, this is definitely a human. It has machine parts oh. and stuff. Just yeah. completely resurrects him as the wrong race he, altogether. I already gave him skin. Uh. Might as well finish the job. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, Lysander's ghost in-game would be this duct-taped, just horrible Wally creation or something. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So, despite the efforts of the Vanguard and likely the consensus, Lysander has not been forgotten. And the Lysander's Cry Sparrow card says, Each guardian wants something. Greater speed, a rare weapon, a secret. Learn what it is. Use it. According to Hidden, in the wilderness beyond the city, Lysander rallies his supporters and plots his return. Some whisper of sympathizers in the tower hidden gifts for guardians who honor them. Um, Mike? Uh, Ever. Yeah, just wanted to butt in here really quickly. Um, obviously, Lysander wants to get rid of the consensus, abolish the speaker, get rid of the vanguard, basically just usurp the uh, balance of power that is currently in place in the city. If there's a upcoming release or an upcoming event or something along those lines where Lysander does, does return from his exile, uh, would any of you guys even think of supporting his faction if that's an opportunity for you? I personally wouldn't. I, I'm dead orbit all the way. Like, I don't care what he does to this city. I just want to get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of agree with that. Uh, dead orbit all the way. I, I I don't see I could I don't see supporting a, a you know that kind of a viewpoint of dismantling everything that we've created created so far. Yeah. Regardless of whether we stay in the city or leave or continue to fight whatever it happens to be um i don't agree with lysander either i feel like he's going to be an enemy rather than a joinable faction even though you know some guardians technically supported him quote unquote during the dawning by uh finding this sparrow but um i, I don't know it, it's it's his, his goals don't make much sense to me i'm sure he has a rationale behind it uh you know that tells him that it's a good thing to do, but it just doesn't seem a, like the best course of action for the Guardians or the Consensus to dismantle what we have in place that's been holding us together for so long now. It would certainly be a really drastic change in the environment that we are used to. Yeah, that's the problem. And we're, we're just now starting to uh, regain some of the stability that we lost during the golden age and i don't feel as if this would be the best idea in order to fight against the darkness which i assume that's his final goal because he he, he still seems to be supporting the light quote unquote but this doesn't seem like the best course of action hmm. well mike do you want to yeah. go ahead and read the city oh i'm sorry Rana, did you have a comment no it's a, no i was just going to add you know it's interesting and it, and uh, i think i heard somewhere and i can't i can't you know cite the source but somebody was postulating if if we were to if we were to leave the tower uh somehow by some horrible event and then we couldn't go back to the tower uh for the entirety of destiny 2 you know maybe we are dismantled and we're, we're we're resorting to these other social spaces uh until we can regain the tower anyway just a little thought it's a good thought yeah it could be I think um, my name is Bife has made a, a theory video on that if anyone else is interested. All right, um, moving on to our next section here. Uh, but to go back to the meeting where the Concordat was removed, um, FWC wasn't actually a surefire pick uh, um, either. Other pa factions were being considered, uh, one being the Cemetery. So this is a continuation of that card that we read earlier, Ghost Fragment, the City Age. And so we'll need to find some new ideas to replace his. The symmetry has been gaining a strong following. Ulantan's teachings are too dangerous, too much fear. Who knew he'd be more trouble dead than alive? 
yeah, that kind of speaks to his martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Brings hey, up I a can't lot of questions in one line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. And you know, from from this card, it seems like Ulantan is a pretty horrible guy. Um, with this, he's too dangerous, too much fear, and how much trouble he's caused. But um, if you read the card, the darkness. Um, it says, Ulantan's thesis considers the darkness a necessary symmetry to the traveler in a cosmic balance. In this view, the traveler's goodness led it to sacrifice for others, and it is up to us to return this goodness by healing the traveler. I don't know that that seems so dangerous. I mean, maybe it's just written in a really weird way to make it seem more palatable, but it doesn't seem so radical to me. Not at all. I can see it causing fear, though. To say there, it's a necessary balance to the darkness, like that's sort of insinuate, uh, implying that, like, the traveler is be the darkness is because of the traveler. So it's like you can't have the good without the evil. And now that we're sort of experiencing the evil and the good has gone silent, like it, it does sort of uh, have a scary uh, feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's not like danger fear like i'm gonna like control you fear but it just causes like i'm afraid i don't like this situation that we're in type of thing there's always been a sort of um to draw a link between destiny and another franchise star wars the jedi uh, are very anti-dark side there's no education about the dark side whatsoever and it's always been that way with the tower as well um you know uh, Osiris was searching into the Vex, the, process, the potential of their gate system, the darkness in general, um, and he, he and his followers just were kicked out of the tower, regardless of whether that was self-exile or himself being exiled by the Order of the Consensus. Um, and then, uh, basically, Tolan was forced to do the same thing. So there's a very... Um, it's almost... I'm trying to find the word that I'm looking for. It's very foreboding for uh, hmm. guardians that don't have any education on the darkness whatsoever. It's it's like our guardian who was just given a gun in his hand and told to shoot things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's very taboo to even think of the light having a relationship with the darkness in any sort of way, and that's just, you know, the both the vanguard and the consensus agree on that. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, that goes in line with a lot of the warrior mentality. And the best way to have a, a, a guardian fight for you is, is you know, give them the information that they need to succeed within the war and nothing more. Mm-hmm. Actually, just wanted to bring this up before we go on any further. Um, there's, a, there's a very close link between Ulantan's theories and uh, the Pujari's vision of the Black Garden and the Legends of the Black Garden card. I just want to read um, a couple of lines from that real quick. Um, the So Pujari's card is him experiencing a vision, a dream of the Black Garden, and he describes it in very specific ways. And um, the way he does, he actually uses some of the same language that Ulantan uses to describe his theories. So... He says, the traveler moved across the face of the iron world. It opened the earth and stitched shut the sky. It made life possible. In these things, there is always symmetry. Do you you understand? This is not the beginning, but it is the reason. And then later on in the card, it says, the garden grows in both directions. It grows into tomorrow and yesterday. The red red flowers bloom forever. So there's a very... um, both of the cyclical and even cyclical nature to the Black Garden, which, as we know later on, is uh, a place of darkness, at least before we free it. Um, so it, it almost seems to me that there's a um, there's a symmetrical nature both between the darkness and the light, but also in the nature of both um, in the nature of both faction or excuse me of both entities. Yeah, if that makes any yeah. sense. Uh, do you mind if I if I uh, take these these ones? Because actually, Ulan Tan is actually my favorite. I'm assuming uh, he's a warlock, but he is one of my f- uh, more favorite characters. Sure, go ahead. While it's not expressly stated anywhere, his theories seem to imply he's a guardian. 
the fact that his burial ring was made into a bond, which the symbol of on it is also seen on the alchemist raiment, furthers this. So uh, we have three uh, three things here. Talk to Ikora. Therefore, if light connects across space and time, what is the void? What role does the vacuum, the absence, play? What stops the darkness from entering into those places between the stars? The answer is simple. The void is just another type of light. Ulantan. Uh, then talk to Ikora. The Sunsinger is proof that the light is everywhere. The rings, the wings of radiance allow a guardian to fly beyond the veil. What further proof do you need, speaker? Uh, speaker, like the speaker. And then lastly, the Chamber of Night. Your discovery is perhaps the greatest of our time. If the Hive were able to infect the Traveler through this long-lost shard of its battered shell, Ulantan's theory may be true. All light remains connected across space and time. We cannot let our enemies use this power against us. Now, I just really want to say, <laughs> uh, really quick, unlike Ulantan's theories, it does seem like it's it's pretty uh, mellow. It's not really harboring fear, but there is something that sort of does. There is an artifact called the Sins of Karad Tan. So, in my my opinion, Tan is sort of the equivalent to Executor or Iraq from the other factions, New Monarchy and Dead Orbit. And this this uh, artifact reads, For you are not the first hero, nor even Oryx, the first villain, to meet upon this plane. So I think that is sort of the, the deeper, the darker, the scarier aspects of the Symmetry's beliefs. It's that this is a cycle that will repeat itself over and over. The traveler will come, the darkness will come, the light will fight, the traveler will leave, like sort of this repetition that you can't escape. Well, and if you think about it from what their perspective, they're saying that essentially everything is balanced. So we have um, you know, a surge of, of light, and then we have a surge of darkness. And so if you look at it that way, the Golden Age was obviously a huge sur surge of light where everything was good and wonderful and and stuff. So if you're going to have it in equal balance, then there's got to be an equal height surge of darkness exactly. to come in order to balance yeah. that out, which can be really scary. That is concerning. Because it's yeah. essentially saying we can't have the Traveler and not have the Darkness. We can't have the Golden Age and not have the Collapse. So you can't have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> sure. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like throwing that yin and yang around. Mm. Exactly. And then, uh, for you know, it, it's... it. Yeah, sorry, on. I'm sorry. No, no, go on. Go on. You were talking no. first. I, I was going to say, you know, it's funny that, that the symmetry in Future War Cults ultimate goal is very similar uh however symmetry's idea of embracing both sides the light and the dark to kind of uh propel ourselves forward uh versus future work holds perpetuation of war uh, but they're both kind of tied up in this revolving infinite uh struggle one is just embracement and the other one is constant conflict just thought I'd point that out. Yeah, that's, that's, it's almost that's like two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's funny that uh, symmetry was almost brought in, but future work hole was with that comparison. It makes me wonder if symmetry was fearful in regards of the fact that people would have to uh, accept the idea of the darkness being a part of them, and that's mm -hmm. why they didn't want to consider mm -hmm. them. I think that was the issue. Future war cult simply wants to fight, regardless if we leave or the planet or stay here. Um, and they don't really they they acknowledge that our future is very hazy, but uh, there's that element that they still fight for the light. And there's no, at least from what we know right now, there's no darkness through their sea. I'm, I'm explaining this future poorly. war cult offers the chance. Yeah, that's where it. symmetry is like. No, we will fight, but the darkness is an inevitability. Yeah. That's the key difference. Okay, Sorry. so 
Um, we have all these factions, um, but why is there a group that... Oh, well, I was going to say, uh, Forrest, before we move on, do you want to... You had a comment. I, oh, I, I like this comment. Oh, I do have a comment. You're right. Um, <laughs> so, Ulantan's theory um, about the light that Ikora talked about, um, light remaining connected, it really um, made me think about the human cards from Jacob Hardy from the Ares 1 mission. Um in, in his journal entries, Jacob Hardy talks about how he's studying the slippy, slippery irreality of light. And unfortunately, we don't get any more information about that or what it means or what he's discovered. But it made me think about that. Maybe Ulantan's theories are connected to that. Maybe he is studying the same thing or he just has some information that was discovered in the Golden Age about the slippery irreality of light. And mm. um, and that's where he's getting all these theories from about the light and the darkness. Mm, that's See, very interesting. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take it I'm gonna take it a step further and go a little rabbit holey on this. What is <laughs> the possibility that Jacob Hardy reincarnated as Ulantan? Oh God! And these are oh, sort of like goodness. echoes oh. of his past memory. Like that's why he has this philosophy, this understanding, like, you know, what if, what if that's what this is all spawned from? See, uh, we still don't know exactly how much of the personality and how much of the knowledge that, uh, the guardians that are resurrected come back with. Uh, so it, it could be that he's, he discovered Nuantan simply discovered the writings of Jacob Hardy. And then, uh, the memoirs that we see, in those human cards and some of those words really influenced what he saw. Um, or he could be the guardian and now he's dead, uh, again. So dead again, (laughs) that's very rabbit holy. If I had more information, I might be able to say more, but that's very rabbit. Because I, I, I specifically say like echoes of memory because when you're re when you're revived by a ghost, you do lose all of your past memories, but I can't, I can't accept that as like a 100% thing, especially because of exos. Exos like have the nightmares or the dreams of their past and they have like some, some memories. And I feel like humans and awoken would have similar, but it's just sort of like, it's hard to distinguish what was, a real event from before your time and what is just a dream. And I don't know, like it's not something that I necessarily believe, but it is definitely something that I hope like maybe there could be something later down the line where like we see like a picture of Jacob Hardy and then we see a picture of Ulantan and then it's like, wait, wait, what? Like those two people are literally the same guy. And it just like, there'd just be like for the people that like read the lore understand who Ulan Tan is, understand who Jacob Hardy really is, it'd be like, holy shit, and then people in the game would be like, oh, cool, this guy became a guardian. And, like, that's cool for them, but, like, there's that deeper level of, like, holy shit. Are you, uh... Yeah. Okay, so now that we've gone on that that tangent, let's let's move on to um, who gets to decide who gets recognized in the tower. Um, so in order to dis- answer why we have the consensus and why they get to decide these things, we have to go all the way back to uh, the dawning of the city. There's a card called Rezalazir Before These Walls. Before these walls, Rezalazir was a man. In time, his kind would be called Titan. Mountains of muscle and might and metal. His collar was fur and teeth. His person clad in ornate, golden-etched plating, trophies upon his shoulders. This was before the city was the city. This was before the walls, still in the shadow of the fragile giant above, but before. Salvation seekers came, survivors, weary remnants of a people on the brink. These were the days before reason took hold, before study was merged with belief. The giant was looked to as one would a god. Maybe it still is. Factions grew from the huddled masses, like minds coming together to provide support, comfort. Over time, these loyalties demanded loyalty. Differences that used to inform, viewpoints that when joined granted a larger understanding of the whole, became points of conflict, 
The sanctuary became divided. The shadows of light grew darker. This humanity's last oasis slowly fading to a mirage. Great, powerful men and women, the risen, stood at the faction sides, protection, enforcers, misused possibility. Misery crept into this false paradise, yet hope lingered. Seeing the cracks in this society born beneath the giant's fractured shell, some among the risen challenged the dissolution of all that could be. They would no longer serve as instruments of oppression. They would be more. Thus began an unnecessary war made necessary by greed, ambition, fear. And in the chaos of this struggle came the scavengers, aliens with appetites, a common enemy. In the end, the scavengers were repelled and the factions fell, their grip broken, though their beliefs remained. This was the earliest days of the guardians, when might found purpose, prosperity was in reach. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> usually, 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 I uh, instruct. Uh, does anyone have anything to say on that card? No. All right. Well, let's keep it moving. Uh, Mike, do you want to? Do you just want to finish us off here? Sure. Take a couple awesome. minutes. Um, in those early days of the city, uh, uh, a government was born of three parties: the Speaker, which was, who was the voice of the traveler; the Vanguard, who was the voice of the guardians; and the Consensus, who was the voice of the people. It is the Consensus who decides the factions to be recognized, but others are still allowed to practice their beliefs in the city so long as it's not a harmful practice. And while we only see um, we only see three in the game, it's easy to assume they all have shared interests, although not everyone likes it. Making a statement. This is a quest step. The Crucible is a training ground, preparing guardians for war against the darkness, but it hosts a battle fought in parallel, a political one between the city's factions carried out by guardians they recruit. Shax has attempted to curb their influence, but they're a reminder the Vanguard serves a city of many agendas. Commander Zavala. And then this next card is another quest step, Return to Shax. The city's factions all have their own agendas, independent of the vanguard. Political scum. But even I have to admit, they have resources that could prove useful to fledgling fledgling competitors of the Crucible, Lord Shax. Maybe more in year one than now, because Mm -hmm. their weapons are pretty poop. (laughs) Except for, what's what's the future Warhol sidearm? Like, that's the only... The only weapon I actually see get used in Crucible by a by a faction at this point. Uh, I don't know the name of it. Either way. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you had a you had a comment there. Uh, do you want to go into that or? Uh, yeah, this will be the last thing I got before I need to head out. Awesome. Um, so. Despite the fact that the consensus, quote unquote, works together with the Vanguard, um, I've seen a pattern of discrepancy between what the general guardian population wants and what the consensus actually enacts. If you look at the cast in blood cloak, um, it says that naysayers in the consensus don't really understand the point and value of the crucible. Uh, they've also banished guardians in the past due to assumed differences on ideals, and then even made Saladin and Shax work together despite their strained relationship. There's a very visible divide between the ideals of the governing and the servants of the traveler from what we see through the grimoire. So um, I just wanted to point out that there really seems to be a like I said, visible divide in between what the Guardian and Guardians want, the Vanguard does, the Crucible accomplishes, and what the general populace and the consensus tries to accomplish. So it's exactly like a government. Yep. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> that one's just like reality. Uh, yep, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Only History repeats itself. Parallel to, mm-hmm. to, yeah. Parallel to perfect reality. Which is right, but... always nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lorecast. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Destiny Lorecast, as well as on the DTR network with the other great podcasts like the DDU, RNG, Rabbit Hole Radio, and the DTR podcast itself. We love to hear from you, so please give us your thoughts and theories. If you'd like to help us grow, go leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else. 
uh rhino once again where where can we find you man well i'm on twitter mainly uh rhino underscore 666 <laughs> as you pointed out earlier okay. and uh yeah instagram a few little musings here and there and of course mulehorngaming.com you can find my articles there yeah, they can just uh, search Rhino on Muhorn Gaming to find it, right? That's right. And uh, Mike, since you're about to leave, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter, at MythosMike. Uh, you can find me never streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash MikeSFromPD. Um, and then uh, you can also see some of the old articles that I wrote for Plant Destiny uh, on their website and also some of their video, some of the few videos that I produced on their website. Uh, uh, thing as well. Awesome. And Purple? You can find me on Twitter at Purple Chimera. You can find me on the internet at ishtar-collective.net and you can find me here on DLC and also on the brand new Rabbit Hole Radio, part of DTR awesome. Network. Uh, where, where, can they, uh, where can they find Rabbit Hole Radio? You guys just you just released your first episode, haven't you? Yes, we have one episode out um, and you can find us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole FM. And also on the DTR um, network page. And we're also in Discord if you want to chat with us about your own spin foil theories. Yeah, that's where that's where my Ulan Tan theory belongs. I shouldn't have run it up here. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to come on and we'll talk about it in more detail. Get around to it again if you want. And uh, I'm a non-pig, and you can find me on my Twitter at non-pig. And I don't really go anywhere else. Uh, so you can also find me in the Crucible. I am having a non-Bungie Bounty. You don't get anything for beating me, so I also get to choose not to do Clash, because I actually like Skirmish, but yeah, you know, you can come find me, and you can come fight with me or against me, and if you, we win or you win, you won't get anything. Awesome, right? Uh, <laughs> it's a great deal. I, I love it. It's so good. And uh, you can also, uh, you can find... Uh, all three, uh, purple myself. I don't think Mike. I don't know if you're on there or not. Uh, on the Ishtar Commons, uh, Baxter said I was allowed to not be vague, so it's his fault if if he doesn't want it. But you can DM at Ishtar Cole to find out more about what the Ishtar Commons is and how you can actually help the Ishtar Collective dot net, uh, Ishtar dash Collective dot net. Uh, grow and help people like me and Purple and Mike and Rhino have an easier time creating these amazing, in the case of Rhino we do a pretty subpar podcast uh, <laughs> more things for the community by uh, helping them and helping us. And so, we're uh, really looking right now for people to help us with transcriptions of missions that's one of the things that we're really lacking on the site we're trying to transcribe all the dialogue from missions so if you can help us out with that, that would be awesome it's very, it's very easy. I'll just say uh, one really quick thing. It's really easy because I used to do this with uh, the PS4's Share Factory. You just record your mission playthrough, and then you go into the Share Factory, and you just cut, 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 cut. And the hardest part is just writing down what is said. But, uh, yeah, uh, Mike, just stay, stay in the chat so it doesn't cancel the call. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that's all. So until next time, Guardians. Bye. Bye.